Well, it officially happened. The Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, an update in the situation. Lamar Jackson requests a trade from the Ravens. We talk about what it means for Lamar, what it means for the organization, what forward here, and so much more here on this live reaction edition of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in here to a live edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I am here with you as always, Kevin Allstriker of Ravens Wire, your host. We are getting your daily Baltimore podcast here five days a week for you. And anything relating to the Ravens, Ravens news, analysis, updates, trade requests, as, as we have it here in more, we're covered here Monday through Friday. So you can subscribe for free, both audio and video form. And be sure to turn notifications on so you know when we do go live here. I go live after big news. And we had some big news on Monday morning as Lamar Jackson takes to Twitter, updates his situation, and ends up saying that he requested a trade from the Ravens on March 2nd. A very kind of an in-depth piece, multiple tweets, and I'll read them out here. But it's just another turn in this Lamar Jackson situation and until there's actually a clear resolution we don't know when it's going to end but to me this signals at least there is some clarification on what both sides are thinking here both Lamar and then yeah she put out this request right as John Harbaugh was sitting down to talk to the media at the owners meeting so I don't know maybe Lamar playing a little uh 5d chess there with the timing of his request so we'll talk about what Harbaugh had to say We'll look at what Lamar had to say as well, the future of the organization, what this could mean for their draft, for the rest of their offseason, which has already been such a wonky offseason anyway. But there's a lot to dive into today. Thank you for being here on this, on this Monday evening. And as the week goes on, we'll be talking about ideal landing spots, trade packages, if the Ravens will even honor the request. So we'll have those episodes, and we'll talk about that all here today as well. So let's first start off with Lamar Jackson and his actual thread of tweets here. So... This dropping here seven hours ago at the time of this recording, we're recording here right around 6 Eastern. He says, a letter to my fans. I want to first thank you all for all the love and support you consistently showed towards me. All of you are amazing, and I appreciate you all so much. I want to, I want you all to know not to believe everything you read about me. Let me personally answer your questions. Continued, in regards to my future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens have not been interested in meeting value. Any and everyone that has met or been around me knows that I love the game of football and my dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. You were all great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family and I. No matter how far I go, where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again, Truz. And then he, you know, puts a link to his fan page. So you can subscribe over there if you want to. But this is, I, I, <laughs> I'm at a loss for words and I, I talk about the Ravens for a living. It's just a situation that has gone on and on and on. And it's kind of felt like the vibe, even going back, like let's go back to I don't know, the middle of last season. The vibe seemed off for the Ravens, for Lamar Jackson. You know, Lamar, when, when we were getting to know him, right, when he first came to Baltimore, super happy guy. And I don't question that he still loves the game. I think he absolutely does. I don't question he still wants to compete and help a team win. He absolutely does. But we saw him, you know, smiling on the field, dancing around, having fun. And it just didn't really feel that way 
over the course of the last couple of months of this season, the unhappiness, him spiking the ball. And, you know, he's allowed to show emotion. I'm not like ragging on him for that. That's part of the game. Players should be allowed to show emotion, to show frustration. But it was a shift in what we had seen. And I was honestly appreciative of Lamar for showing that emotion on the field and really letting his his true emotions, competitive nature show. I'm not, I'm not pining Lamar as an angry player. I don't think he is. But now we have a situation in Baltimore where the Ravens have a decision to make and Lamar has a decision to make. And that is now ever so clear because the Ravens put this non-exclusive franchise tag on him as a $32.4 million cap hit, as we kind of outlined here. And it allowed Lamar to go out there, kind of, you know, look at his market a little bit. And maybe now that we know that the trade request came before the franchise tag, maybe this was a situation where Baltimore said we can lessen that cap hit to maybe facilitate a trade a little bit better because the 45 versus the, 32 is significant amount of money. So maybe you can facilitate it a little better. And also to see not just Lamar looking for next teams and a potential tag and trade type deal, but literally now a tag and trade type deal where it's not just for the two first round picks, but at this point you're looking at hopefully what could be a Russell Wilson package. Now there are a lot of things there. There's a lot to unpack here in this because just because Lamar requested the trade is we have seen this, this came on March 2nd. We're now talking here on, on March 27th doesn't mean that something has to get done immediately. You know, some people have the timeline of, well, maybe this could get done, you know, maybe a little after the draft when maybe a team doesn't have the quarterback they want. Maybe a team wanted an Anthony Richardson, he went before, and now the pivot is to Lamar. To me, that's a, that's a bad scenario for the Ravens. That's, that's not good because at the end of the day, what you want if you're the Ravens is a high first round pick. And let's, I throw the Colts out there always. The Colts have the fourth pick right now. If the Ravens were to trade Lamar to the Colts, that fourth pick obviously would be in play, even if it was just on the tag and trade where the Ravens only get those two first round picks. You get the fourth pick and probably a high 20s pick. In this situation, like let's say it goes beyond the draft, let's say a trade happens in June or something, the Ravens would be getting, I think, just picks in the 20s. Because at that rate, Lamar is going to be on the team. He's going to make the culture, whoever it is, competitive. You know, there is a clear competitive gap between what some of these teams have right now and Lamar Jackson. So to me, getting a deal done with a team that has a high first round pick now before the draft, get that high asset. And it doesn't even like obviously the Ravens should be looking at quarterbacks right now. I mean, they have to at this point because the, the future has just been so uncertain. And this is it, it's exactly what I've been saying in the fact that this whole situation there should have been a clear resolution before free agency started because the Ravens have not been able to maneuver the way that they could have if they knew either Lamar is staying or Lamar is going now they had an idea because the trade request came in in early March but Ian Rappaport of NFL Network ended up reporting after the request came out the Lamar public request that Lamar has been actively negotiating with the Ravens is late as early as you know last week that that's been something that that's still going on. So just because Lamar requested a trade, I know people have compared this to the Debo Samuel situation in San Francisco last off season, where the Ravens could maybe be on that path. Debo requested the trade and people were saying, well, Debo's gone. Where's Debo going? Debo to Baltimore, Debo here. And then he ends up resigning on, on a, on a long-term extension. So this, th this to me and John Harbaugh talked about, this seems more like a money thing, not a Baltimore thing, because in his tweet, he said, you requested a trade from the Ravens for which the Ravens have not been interested in meeting my value. You know, says he has a lot of love for Baltimore. I don't doubt him on that. I still think that's real. 
But now you have to wonder just where does the organization go from here? Because there's been already so much uncertainty. They've only signed Nelson Aguilar. They've lost, presumably at this point, Calais Campbell. I don't really see him coming back at this point. I, I would hope he does, but I don't see it. They've lost Ben Powers. They've lost Josh Oliver. They traded Chuck Clark. It's It's been an offseason where the Ravens have gotten worse and they have not gotten better. A trade of Lamar Jackson would make them even worse than what they are now because, again, you, you get both sides of this where for teams trading for Lamar, potentially you have to, one, take on whatever contract he wants. Well, not necessarily, but he wants that fully guaranteed deal. You know, that's been the report or at least something close to it. I know there have been plenty of reports coming out. But if you get more of that deal if you're a team and you also have to give the Ravens either those two first-round picks in a sign-in trade or the Wilson pack. I mean, look, looking back at what Russell Wilson traded for quickly here, they traded Drew Locke, who was a second-round pick a couple of years ago, Noah Fant, who was a high first-round pick, Shelby Harris, a pretty good veteran defensive lineman, two first-round picks, number nine in 2022, and then a first in 2023, two second-round picks, the 40th overall in 2022 and in 2023, and a 2022 fifth-round pick for Russell Wilson and a fourth-rounder. Now, to me, I think the way the quarterback market has gone – in the way that the trade market has gone, the trade market this offseason has not been particularly strong. That does not mean Lamar Jackson could go less than Russell Wilson went for. I still think that Lamar Jackson will go for as much, if not more, than Russell Wilson. You know, you argue Russell Wilson has the Super Bowl, Lamar Jackson has the MVP. Lamar Jackson, obviously, much younger than Russell Wilson was when he got traded from Seattle to Denver. I think Lamar, in an actual trade, could fetch the Ravens something where maybe they have to go through a little bit of mediocrity for a couple of seasons, but they could not hard reset, but they could reset their team in a couple of seasons with that defense. But the issue is that defense is not like if they wanted to tank for a Caleb Williams or something, that defense is too good to have them in that mix. Like they would have to go for somebody else. Maybe they're at this rate, like guys like Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, those guys are all going to resign. There's rarely a player like Lamar Jackson who requests a trade. Like, I'm not saying there's not. I mean, we're, we're seeing Aaron Rodgers right now, and Aaron Rodgers now committed to Aaron Rodgers five years ago. Obviously, a different story. But there hasn't been a guy like this. There hasn't been an opportunity for teams to talk to a player like this, to, to feel out, to figure out what he's worth, like Lamar Jackson. And to me, it, it feels like an all-time fumble if this were the route it goes, especially especially if it's just for the two first-round picks. It's it's not ideal. I think that, again, both the Ravens and Lamar haven't handled this in the best way. Both sides could have been better in certain aspects for sure. But now you have the questions if you're the Ravens. How do you move forward this offseason when you know, you're looking at acquiring potentially guys like DeAndre Hopkins or Cortland Sutton or maybe acquiring a star corner or something like that? but you don't know what your ceiling's going to be. Lamar Jackson and his ceiling in particular, it makes the Ravens ceiling so much higher. And if he's gone at this point, you know, teams have already either signed quarterbacks or are going to draft a quarterback. And it just, to me, feels like the Ravens, if Lamar is traded, are going to be a team in that, you know, back into the mediocrity we've seen, the nine and sevens that will not nine, the records are different now, but you know, the eight and nines the nine and eights or whatnot. So it's unfortunate that it's come to this. I Again, we don't know what's going to happen because just because Lamar requested a trade doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow or happen next week. There is still a long process potentially to go through here. And coming up, we'll talk a little bit about what this could mean trade-wise, what the package for Lamar could look like, teams as well who could be involved in the, in the Lamar trade sweepstakes. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a lot to dive into on Lockdown Ravens.
But first, I do want to tell you a bit about FanDuel. This episode is sponsored by FanDuel. The tournament's heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel's giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spread, so which team will be cutting down the net. I only had... I had one Elite Eight team. I had one Elite Eight team that I picked right. I had Purdue winning, so I, I was out the second day. But all this on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your shot and no sweat first. We're up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. We're back here. It's our second segment of this live edition, live reaction edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker, your host, still here talking with you. Thank you so much for tuning into the live here. Again, it's about 6 p.m. Eastern time we started here. We go live every time there's a big news notification going on. So this is pretty big news, the, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, that we've been all waiting for some sort of path, some sort of resolution. There's been clarity, though, Lamar requesting a trade from the Ravens on March 2nd. So be sure to subscribe to the channel here. You can also subscribe in audio form for free. So if you want to listen on your, on your way to work, on your way from work, wherever you're listening, be sure to turn notifications on as well. Let, let's look in the chat a little bit here. We have Toast saying, I'm hurt. And a, a lot of people are. Again, this feels to me like an all-time fumble if this is the way it were to go, fumbling a guy like this. Because my whole thing is, look, Lamar's a quarterback. There's not going to be another Lamar Jackson. Like, Lamar Jackson's unique in his own right. But I just don't think – that in this situation, you can all of a sudden say, oh, well, the Ravens will just get another star quarterback and that'll be that. That's not how it works. The Ravens were in quarterback mediocrity for so many years. I think Lamar kind of washes that away for a lot of people. But going back to the start of this organization, the Ravens have been in quarterback mediocrity for so many years. And Lamar was kind of this, you know, they finally hit on this franchise guy, could be a franchise guy for 10 years, 15 years. He loves the city. He loves the team. He loves the fans. And now we're here. Now we're talking about a trade. And to me, it just seems like, again, I mean, man up 3 deep here says fault on both sides, boys and girls. I agree. There has been fault on both the Ravens and Lamar Jackson in the situation. It could have been handled much better by both sides, in my opinion, and in multiple different ways by both the Ravens and Lamar. And it just seems like it gets messier and messier by the day. And at this point, as we know, people are just ready to be done with it. They're ready to be over it and just say, well, something has to happen one way or the other. And whatever it is, it's that. Sydney Beck saying, do you think both sides can still come to a resolution or in a long-term deal? I do. I don't think just because Lamar requested a trade means he's 100% out. But this is a significant step in just knowing what's going on. You know, this could be a situation for Lamar and, you know, Johnny Hewitt in here saying this feels more like a negotiation tactic, if you ask me. It definitely could be. You know, the Ravens are a team right now that have multiple different avenues. Lamar is a guy right now that wants to get paid what he's worth. There are both sides of this situation, but at the end of the day, just because Lamar requests a trade doesn't mean that a trade is going to happen. Again, a lot of people go back to the Debo situation. Now, the Lamar situation and the Debo situation are very different. Like that, There are multiple different ways that these are much different from the other. Obviously, the, the contract Lamar is asking for versus what Debo was asking for, the positional value of both those guys is much different, but I still think that there is a possibility for Lamar to remain in Baltimore. There, there is still a path for a happy Lamar to come back to Baltimore, but right now, obviously, he's not happy with the way that the Ravens are valuing him. The Ravens don't want to give him the fully guaranteed deal or, or what he's asking for. And there is, we've kind of talked about, I mean, Ingraven's in here, you know, another live, love it. You know, Ingraven's my guy. And he talked about it on our show last week about how it just seems like there's no middle ground. And he made a great point. So shout out to you, Ingraven, about the fact that, 
Like it's all very one-sided or very on the other side. You know, there's no middle ground in terms of, well, maybe they could meet in the middle here. Maybe one side could give a little more than the other. It just feels like fully guaranteed. The Ravens say, no, I'm not giving it anywhere near. And that's what it feels like here. So it's, just, it's, it's so interesting just how this has gone on because you have a quarterback here that could, you know, we've seen the ceiling, not exactly the full ceiling, but people felt like, and I, I was in this saying, if you're able to get Lamar on an extension, make that first year cap hit low, bring in a guy like a DeAndre Hopkins or a Cortland Sutton, you get some other wide receiver depth, you know, Nelson Aguilar can be that guy, even though the drops are there, he can, but if it's paired with another move, DeAndre Hopkins, Nelson Aguilar, Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay with Lamar and Mark Andrews and Jay, and that offense with Todd Monk and people, I feel like if Lamar gets traded and people don't see the opportunity to see Lamar in a non-Greg Roman offense, and you know that's obviously throwing away the back half of 2018 when it was Marty Morningweg, but if they're not able to see him in a non-Greg Roman-led offense, I think it'll rob a lot of people of just seeing what he could have been without Greg Roman in, in a Todd Munkin offense, which I think suits him very, very well, personally. Toast also saying, I'm not, I'm not ready for another 2013 to 2017 Ravens teams, yeah, the mediocrity, you know, it's the, to me, I understand being competitive, teams want to get competitive, but at the same time, if you're always in the 8-9, and 9-8 nine, nine and range, you're getting like the 17th pick every year, the Ravens navigated it well with guys like Marlon Humphrey, Kyle Hamilton at 14 and whatnot, but at some point there, for every team, there comes close to a hard, the Patriots are, you know, something, and the Ravens stay competitive almost every season, and they've been able to maneuver that and be good with it, but hard resets do happen multiple times for teams the Ravens haven't really been in that category a lot but for Lamar it's hard for them to hit a hard reset right now because of how much money they have invested in really 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 good players like Ronnie Stanley and Marlon Humphrey and Roquan Smith and Mark Andrews like those guys are getting paid and they're really good they have built a good foundation but the piece here the most important piece is Lamar is the quarterback situation so We'll see what that is. Cheston Harrington says, so my guess is he gets traded after the draft. Unfortunately, not the compensation we want, but I think Lamar is out. And I, it's still unclear. I mean, yeah, this is a step in the direction of, yeah, he's maybe getting traded. And it's it's a significant one because it's coming from Lamar himself. But again, my whole thing is, and for the people who are looking for a, well, can he still sign? If they're, if they're looking for that type of answer, again, the tweet that Lamar put out said that this is, to me, Red, it's more financial and less about the team or the organization where he just wants to be paid what he's worth. And whoever gives him that, that that's where he will play. So if the Ravens are able to come to a, an agreement with him or the Ravens can figure out a middle ground, I think that's a positive sign. I, I don't think Lamar would say no to that personally. So Caleb Levery saying Lamar ambushing Harbaugh has a lot of us angry, I think. And that's that's a key point. So Caleb brings up a good point. Let's talk about that. So I kind of talked about it at the top of the show. This came out right as Lamar, or right as John Harbaugh, excuse me, was about to talk to reporters, like right as he was about to sit down and talk. And then obviously that becomes the key topic where I'm sure the questions were going to be about Lamar anyway. But now it's, you know, what about this trade? What's the situation for you guys? And and John Harbaugh saying that the Ravens, he is still operating as if Lamar is still going to be the quarterback one for them, you know, building the offense around Lamar Jackson saying that, you know, they still love him. And look, I think he handled it as well as he could have considering look, the face of his franchise, Robert Griffin III saying, you know, the face of their franchise posts on Twitter, he requests a trade just as they sit down to answer the questions. It makes things spicy. You know, that's Robert, Robert Griffin III said it does make things spicy at this point. And, you know, John Harbaugh saying, you know, 
talking about it a lot. And Justina Anderson saying Lamar can request a trade, but at the end of the day, there has to be somebody that wants to dance. That can be what, what it is where there has to be two to tango in this situation. So it was, it, it was very interesting to see the timing of the whole post and the whole thing from him. Definitely. I don't think John Harbaugh is expecting it for this to happen. And it goes back to about a week ago. I, I lose track of time because so much stuff has happened in the past, what, like a week or two, which is craziness. But when Lamar posts that three for one thirty three guaranteed, but I need an agent with a laughing face or whatnot. I don't think the Ravens were expecting that, you know, John Harbaugh saying Lamar's, you know, funny on Twitter and, and everything, but now we have a situation where Lamar's coming out right as the head coach is sitting down to answer questions. And John Harbaugh is probably like, how do you know? Like, what do you know about that? How do you know that? And they show him the tweet and it's like, oh, well, all right. But I think John Harbaugh did handle it well, considering the circumstances. Bush league or not, people have argued whether it is or not from Lamar to do that. But the timing is certainly interesting and not something I would predict it happening. But it is, as Robert Griffin III said, it is spicy right now. John R. saying Lamar to the Lions for golf three first rounders. I talked with Matt Derry, the host of Locked On Lions, yesterday for uh, for Locked On NFL, the show I host on Mondays. And he says the chemistry the Lions have right now with Jared Goff, you know, why would they do that? I think Lamar is much better than Jared Goff personally. But to, to from what I spoke to with him, it feels like the Lions aren't in that market. They are. Again, there's so much about, you know, different teams, smoke screens, who's actually interested, who's not. One not smoke screens, apparently Meek Mill text, texted Robert Kraft that, Lamar wants to be a Patriot, and then Robert Kraft says that's up to Bill, Bill Belichick. And so obviously Meek Mill was Ken Francis all along, everybody. We figured it out. We know who Ken Francis is, Florida man Meek Mill. Meek Mill's from Philly, by the way. But it's just – it's it's all these weird twists and turns. The situation has just been so out of pocket this entire offseason where one thing drops, another false report comes out. People are trying to be the first on this. Misinformation spread here. Misinformation spread there. Lamar refuting this. John Harbaugh and the Ken Francis, the entire gym, Meek Mill now in on this whole thing. Just what, 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 what has this off season been? This has been such a scuffed off season for the Ravens. And at this point, like if we make it through this off season, if we survive this 2023 off season, I'm going to be proud of everybody because it has been a lot to handle for a lot of people here. So Darian Smith says, why didn't he go public at the start of free agency? A lot of teams signed QB. Something is up. And yeah, I mean, I think the fact that Lamar requested a trade, I don't know whether, and again, this is some of the inside workings I'd love to know about whether there was an agreement to like not say anything up until a certain point. I mean, I'm sure that Lamar saying that right when Harbaugh sat down, I'm sure it was not in the team's plans. Like it's just, I'm sure it just kind of happened. If I had to guess, I'm sure the team is not very thrilled with the fact that Lamar did that. So at the end of the day, why didn't he come out at the start of free agency I think because maybe he just wanted to keep things quiet as he negotiated with this te these teams and see the market. Because, again, for him, it felt like the market kind of backfired on him because we actually have a couple of reports from a couple of people here. Stephen Holder of you know ESPN saying that, quote, regardless of what the Colts or anyone else might love about Lamar Jackson, the very clear stance from people here at the owners' meetings I've talked to is that whether or whatever contract demands he is currently making are absolutely a non-starter. Do, do with whatever you wish with this info. So Lamar's contract demands are apparently a turnoff for teams, not just the Ravens, but for other teams reportedly, according to Stephen Holder of ESPN. So right now, Lamar might just be trying to feel out his market, feel out what teams would be willing to offer him both contractually. And then for the Ravens, it comes down to it takes almost three to tango at this point, three different situations because you need the Ravens to tango, you need Lamar to tango, and you need a third team to tango. Well, I guess another team to tango. 
So three parties need to tango in this situation in order to make everything come to fruition if there is a trade going on here. Now, we, you know, we have a couple of people in the chat, you know, Dillboat98 saying he's just trying to drum up an offer sheet. Nick Razidlazowski, I butchered that. I'm so sorry. Lamar's trying to get offers. I don't think any team has what he wants regardless, but trying to show teams you're over the Ravens may entice a team to offer. And yeah, it could be very contractual, very business-like, and, and trying to drum up the interest. You know, as Nick says here, I think that the market for Lamar hasn't necessarily been what he's wanted. And I'm again, I have no like inside information on that, but just based off of all the reports we've seen. So what Nick is saying here is if you're, if you're showing teams like, hey, you know, I'm ready, I'm requesting a trade, like let's do this thing, you know, I'm willing to work with you, does that drum up the interest and maybe say, oh, you know, he's really willing to move on here. The Ravens aren't, you know, even if there's something here, because I know the reports have been saying, well, People don't want to negotiate. Teams want to negotiate with Lamar because of the fact that all of a sudden, you know, the Ravens will match it and that'll be that. And you're doing the, pretty much the Ravens' dirty work for them. So for Nick saying that Lamar offers and Dilbo saying they're trying to come up with an offer, potentially, potentially that's what could be happening. And coming up, we'll talk about what potential packages could be, the actual future of the organization for the offseason. If Lamar stays, if Lamar goes, what they could do at other positions. We'll continue engaging in the chat and a lot more still coming up on this live reaction edition of Locked on Ravens. We are back. Our final segment, Locked on Ravens, live here on Monday evening. Kevin Ostriker, still rocking with you here. And, and thank you for everybody tuning in here and making us your first listen of, of the night, of the evening, I guess, here. Be sure to subscribe both on YouTube and in audio form for free so you get our latest episodes. Five days a week, we'll come back tomorrow with an episode tomorrow morning about the Ravens and potential landing spots for Lamar. And then throughout the week, we'll also talk about trade packages and the Ravens will even request a trade and a lot more here. So be sure to subscribe, turn notifications on so you do not miss that content. So let's continue engaging in the chat. We'll talk a bit about Lamar and what could be next for the Ravens as well. Dr. Caliente says, Rich, I in the show that he wants other teams to make a push for him with the Ravens. Other teams, do, other teams don't want to make an offer when the Ravens can just nasty offer. And that, that's exactly what I was talking about at the end of the second segment, where maybe now that Lamar is saying, I want out of Baltimore. I'm requesting a trade because of the, of the Ravens not being willing to match this or being willing to match what I feel like I'm worth. Maybe that gives other teams less of a pause in saying, oh, maybe this situation is something that's not just the Ravens matching an offer sheet. Maybe now we actually have a shot to get Lamar. Maybe this is cool because it's all just been, oh, well, the Ravens don't really want it to do the work, so they're going to let a team do it, and then they're going to match the offer sheet because they feel like their offer to Lamar right now is the best. And if that can if that continues to be the case, then Lamar might just have to go back to the Ravens or play on the franchise tag, which I don't really see him doing at this point. I, I don't really see Lamar playing on the franchise tag. I've raised it as a possibility. But at this point, I just don't see it happening. So I don't know. You know, James Montana, 29, I, I think they will get something done. Lamar's trying to get more leverage and push the Ravens to sign him long-term. Could be. You know, we still have, I think, more stage from John R. here. And, you know, Isaac popping in the live stream. You know, he says, glad I can make it. And I'm glad you're here, Isaac. Thanks for tuning in. And also says the situation is horrible. And it is. And, you know, feeling like Lamar set up the Ravens, I'm assuming this means back at the tweet where he – puts out right as Lamar or right as John Harbaugh, excuse me, sits down Alyssa saying, are any teams willing to meet his demands at this point? doesn't feel like it. I mean, it feels like with the Deshaun Watson situation and what happened in Cleveland owners are still very upset about that. Steve Bishotti was, I think the first owner to come out and publicly say like, yeah, that we don't like that. Like, I don't like that. And that Deshaun shouldn't have been the first guy to get that massive fully guaranteed deal. And the owners, it feels like, and we've had this conversation wants to, really make that 
that fully guaranteed deal be an outlier in the fact that other quarterbacks haven't gotten it, that Kyler Murray didn't get it, that, you know, Derek Carr didn't get it, Geno Smith didn't get it, et cetera, et cetera. The owners, I think, are trying to make that Deshaun Watson contract a true outlier. And if Lamar is fully pushing, if the NFLPA is fully pushing Lamar to continue, you know, stay in his demands, make sure he's standing his ground, I don't know who's going to be willing to give him that deal. And if the Ravens feel like the offer is the best one, it, it just adds on layers to the situation here. And, you know, James Montana also saying Lamar was negotiating with the Ravens late last week, so also possible he stays questionless for how much. I mean, I – I don't see the Ravens budging on the fully guaranteed deal thing. I think if there was budging, maybe it's Lamar. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Like, I'm not saying Lamar should have to budge on anything. You know, I think, again, I'm never going to bash a player for believing in what he's worth. You know, I'm not bashing Lamar for saying, you know, going out there trying to get what he's worth. But I think for both sides, there has to be a realistic middle ground here. If Lamar, you know, if this is truly a monetary thing for Lamar and not an actual Baltimore, I hate the organization type deal. There has to be willingness, I think, from both sides to negotiate something that works for both. I mean, that's how negotiations work, right? I mean, it's not like, you know, sometimes players can hold teams hostage, teams can hold players hostage. But in this situation, it feels like we've been doing that for the past two seasons. And this all could have been solved if the Ravens just signed him in 2020 when he was eligible for the extension. But now we're here at this point. Marson Bull saying, when will Harbaugh ever be accountable? He threw the under the bus for a month straight about his injury and did the same for J.K. and Bateman. The, the, the earlier... The Harbaugh situation, when was it? Like November, December, where he didn't really clarify for like that was a misstep for Harbaugh and the organization. 100%. They should have clarified. I mean, Stephen Adams, you know, I'll bring in the NBA for a second. Stephen Adams, the Grizzlies star, got injured. He had a sprained PCL, I believe, and still has it. And the Grizzlies came out with a timetable, said, hey, Stephen Adams has this injury. He'll be out for a minimum of X amount of weeks. We'll reevaluate here. For the Ravens and Harbaugh in the Jackson situation, it just never really felt like either for it was honesty for a lot of people, but it never really felt like they truly gave enough information and really left the fan base left Lamar. Not think Lamar knew what was going on. The Ravens was going on, but left the fan base in the dark about that whole injury situation. And I think ever since the Brashad Perriman situation, all those years ago where Harbaugh said, Oh yeah, he'll be back in, you know, two days or something. And then he ends up missing the whole season. Harbaugh was like, Oh yeah, Lamar will play again this season. Lamar will be back here. You know, this will happen then. It just never happened. And I think that directed stuff at Lamar to say, why aren't you coming back? Why aren't you coming back? And Lamar had to come out and clarify that himself. So I'm not saying Harbaugh isn't accountable for that 100%. But I'm saying in this particular situation, both sides, the Ravens, Lamar, they could have both handled this a little differently as well. So there's a lot now in terms of what comes next for the Ravens. If they trade Lamar, again, Russell Wilson package to me, is the minimum at least something if there's a it's a, if it's a little less than Russell Wilson fine but i still think Lamar is worth more than Russell Wilson or right at where Russell Wilson is worth and that will give the Ravens room to operate but again you just you have to hit on the quarterback position the CJ Stroud a Bryce Young a Will Levis and Anthony Richardson they're all they're all great players all could be really good NFL players but it's not a guarantee that any of those guys are going to be at the level Lamar Jackson has been and obviously the skill sets are different but Hitting on a franchise quarterback is hard. That's why we're seeing teams go into this, you know, paying Derek Carr all this money, paying Geno Smith. And I'm not saying those guys aren't good, but to me, the worst case scenario for the Ravens is to be in a situation like the Giants where they have to pay Daniel Jones $45 million a season. And Daniel Jones is a fine NFL quarterback. He's not He's not a $45 million per season NFL quarterback. You know, that's just where it is, 40, 40 per season, whatever the number is. 
that to me is the worst case scenario where the Ravens have a quarterback. It's almost like the Flacco situation a couple of years ago where the extension after the Super Bowl was not the issue. The extension after that extension was the issue where they doubled down, gave him that money. They had to trade the, the cap hit away. They had dead money as well. Paying luxury dollars for a mediocre quarterback is not the way to go. You know, Lamar's a franchise quarterback, whether it's for Baltimore or for somebody else. So I just, I, I don't know where each side goes from here. If I had to guess, I assume this lingers beyond the draft, which is not good for the Ravens whatsoever. Isaac saying, if he requests a trade now, do you think he'll stay in the future? feels like he might sit out even with a contract. I still think, again, I still think it is possible. So I don't really know what the situation is here. You know, Tanya in here saying, I can't believe Lamar had to wait two years. This is crazy. And yeah, I mean, again, going back to 2020, he, I think that's when you probably should have extended him if you're the Ravens, you know, he had the MVP season and the 2020 season in itself was hard for a lot of people, but the Ravens, they showed growth in those two years, especially playoff wise, even though the, the Tennessee game, the Titans game in 2019, we're not going to talk about that one that I'm erasing that one from my memory. But then the Ravens come back and they win the playoff game against Tennessee. Now they lose in the wild in the division round of the Bills. But Lamar gets over that hump. At that point, if I were the Ravens, I would have said, "Look, we believe in you, Lamar. You know, we're going to give you this money." And it would have been a lot less probably than what we're talking about right now. Because my whole thing with the quarterback market, and I talked about this even last offseason, is the fact that it's it's only going to continue to be more expensive. I mean, the quarterback market with the TV deals, so the way the salary cap has gone. With each quarterback deal that's signed, I think Lamar Jackson makes more money, personally. Like, that's just what it is, where teams pay, and a lot of teams sometimes overpay for a star quarterback, a franchise quarterback, and sometimes mediocre quarterbacks as well. So to me, if I'm the Ravens, I'm saying let's get this done as soon as possible so we don't have to be in that market two years from now, which is what we're talking about right now, even three years from now, we're just talking about right now, that we're not going to have to – deal with that inflation in the quarterback market, the inflation and the salary cap. I think if that were to happen, if the Ravens were to come to Lamar and say, hey, we want to give you this, maybe Lamar says no. Maybe Lamar says, I want to continue to prove my work, prove my value, and, and raise it. Maybe that's what happens. But to me, the most ideal situation here would have been the Ravens and Lamar coming to something in 2020. And then there are a lot of people now that just, you know, are on either side of this. The situation has just gone toxic at this point for both, you know, the Ravens and Lamar, it seems like the vibes just aren't there anymore. So a lot of people, you know, way where he's saying the Ravens fumbled a franchise quarterback. If that's the way it goes, the Ravens have to trade him. I mean, I agree. You know, it's hard to get on a franchise quarterback. The Ravens did it. And then that's really what it is right now. You know, we have a lot of people in the chat right now. I appreciate everybody who's uh, who's chiming in here. And it's really, for me, a situation where, this point Baltimore has to lean on one path or the other you know it's not a situation where the Ravens have all this time to work it out like they do in theory but at the end of the day if you're waiting until May June or July to have this thing come to fruition the agency period's over the draft is over there's slim pickings left and at this point who's on your team who's your quarterback I mean is it Tyler Huntley do they draft Stenson Bennett there have been Stenson Bennett jokes up and down at this point. And who do we even send them to at that point? Because everybody has a team that, that you know has a quarterback need now, but won't have one a couple months from now. Like what are the Colts? What are the Texans do? Brandon Tillman saying, you know, he would send them to Houston or the Colts. I mean, to me, that's ideal, especially before the draft, because you're you're either getting the second pick from Houston or the fourth from the Colts in that deal. So sign me up for that. But at the end of the day, 
if this if this continues for a long time, it's still going to be toxic. And at, at this point, what you have is a team that doesn't really have a direction right now. Like we talk about directions of teams, who needs to rebuild, who's really going all in for the contender status, who is a fraud, who is real. At this point, we don't know what the Ravens are because we don't know who their quarterback is. And as teams like the Commanders sign, you know, guys like Jacoby Brissett or the Falcons or the Eagles or all these teams, to me, the, the actual, I don't know, the actual teams that make sense, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, the Colts, the Lions, the Patriots, the Titans potentially, and look at teams like the Texans. It's teams like that, but how many of those teams two months from now are going to have quarterback openings because of the draft? I think you probably half that. You, you say three-quarters of those teams don't anymore. So at the end of the day, I don't know what, what the situation is. Henry saying there's blame to go around for sure. Uh, ben James saying, I said this months ago, I was hoping Lamar advanced trade because the Ravens don't value him. I don't know if it's the Ravens don't value him. I just think they're not valuing him with how he values himself. But I w- let me let me add a point to, to Bentley's point. I think the Ravens mismanaged Lamar's rookie contract. They did not value him. They did not value the receiver position enough when Lamar was on his rookie contract. When, as I've said, the Eagles got A.J. Brown for Jalen Hurts. The Bills got Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen. The Cardinals getting Kyler Murray or getting yeah getting Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and Marquise Brown. The Ravens did not do that for Lamar. That was a major major misstep. The Ravens, and now they have to deal with trying, trying to maneuver the cap to maybe get a DeAndre Hopkins or, or Cortland Sutton. But do, do you even make that move if Lamar's not on the team? I, I don't know what you do there. More Ravens Gunny saying, Hey, KO, no one is requesting smart second. Could this also be the reason for the Ravens not luster free agency? I think it's a reason. I mean, 32.4 million is not a small percent of the cap, it's 14.5% of the cap right now. So with that in mind, and I'm not saying just because the Ravens have Lamar under the cap, I'm not blaming that as the only reason why the Ravens haven't been able to do They can restructure guys elsewhere, extend guys elsewhere. But I think it does have a significant impact on what they do. I mean, we've seen all these receivers go off the board, all these talented players, AFC North teams improving. And how the Ravens have done all this over the course of the last couple of weeks, it's been just Nelson Aguilar. And that, to me, has a lot of Ravens fans upset about. I've seen so in the future here I think that we will see a resolution probably after the draft again that's not ideal whatsoever but I think you just have to take it what it is right now which is this is still such a messy and sloppy situation where at the end of the day the Ravens have a ton on their plate Lamar has a ton on his plate too but I just wish it was handled better from both sides here so I think for what the Ravens have we'll end it off with a point from Adam Thomas who says no one values Lamar as much as does in the moment that's proven until someone else proves it wrong and that's what it is where teams now and this is what Stephen Porter talked about the Ravens teams they don't want to go up to Lamar's full guaranteed asking price right now if that's what it is so either Lamar has to come down or teams have to go up so that's why I'm saying middle ground is that the obvious like oh that everybody's happy solution but if one side has to give more than they want and it's kind of like oh fine like there's nothing else out there we'll do it that's not a happy agreement. To me, the ideal situation is a happy agreement for both sides. But at this point, how realistic, how likely is that? So still a lot to talk about. That's all I have here on this live edition of the show. Be sure to subscribe again. Follow along in audio form as well for free. I appreciate everybody tuning in on the live stream. We're going five days a week for you. So tomorrow we'll come back Monday morning, 6 a.m. with a potential trade package. This episode will do trade destinations as well. Logical trade destinations. And throughout the week, could the Ravens even even look at Lamar's request and say, yeah, we're going to do that. Or are they just going to say, no, we're going to, we're going to continue to have this situation. 
linger, but I hope it doesn't linger. I hope something ends up happening in the near future. But again, thank you for tuning in. I'm going to get back tomorrow. More Ravens content on this channel. Be sure to stay tuned for that, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow.